you are beautiful, you are so strong, you're amazing. Like Every day of life is a blank sheet of paper. More happy days in our lives. Small, small changes. You had to just be with life. To really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit. Welcome back, everyone, to Intuitively Rich, where we talk about everything mind, body, and soul. And I'm so excited to introduce you today's guest, Shayna Francesca. She is a life designer, and I'm, I'm a Virgo, so I'm excited to talk about everything designing and designing our lives. She's a speaker and founder and CEO of Consinate. As the founder and the lead designer at Consinate, a multidisciplinary interior design and life design firm working with clients around the world. Shayna believes that our present and our future are transformed when we infuse our lives with intention. We design our lives and accept our role as the author of our story. Shayna Francesca, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Amy. I am so excited to talk about designing our lives and designing our environments to yep. basically help ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves. I loved when I was reading about you, you said something in my own words. I believe that how we do anything is how we do everything. So you were talking about how you were just like, as an interior designer, you just found your way to design your life as well. And even a few days ago, I just deleted all my emails. I have like four emails and I just cleaned it up because I want to let go some stuff from my life. And it yeah. just truly helps me. And I don't think enough people Talk about how the small things we do in our lives, like cleaning out our emails, we can apply that to our big, bigger life and to our life purpose as well. Talk to me about how you found your way. First of all, how you decided to become an interior designer. And when was the realization that you were like, oh my God, I'm designing this environment. I can also the same way design my life. When yeah. was the connection that you made? Okay, so my story starts out not so happy. Um, I grew up in an abusive household. And, um, and in a very strictly religious environment, one that didn't allow me to express myself or find myself, but was dictating who I was allowed to be in a very, very narrow view of the world. And um, because of that, I found ways like to, to find some outlet for who I really wanted to be in this world. And every time something really difficult would happen within our household, I would rearrange the furniture in my bedroom or I would organize something or I would clean out my closet and get rid of the things I wasn't, I wasn't wearing anymore. Or, you know, some way to, to like, re I now say that I was taking that time to like reset the stage, right? Because we spend two thirds of our life inside of our home. And when we take time to sit with that, we recognize that that our home really becomes the stage from which we're telling the story of our life, right? Like we're gathering there with family, with friends, you know, we're, we're raising children there, or we're, you know, celebrating a wedding there, or all these different beautiful things happen inside of our homes, where we're establishing community and connection and family. And, and I think because of that, and because I craved those things, and I craved for my physical environment to to be one that felt safe and designed for me and reflected who I knew myself to be and the people in my family to be, um, I eventually realized that um, interior design was a thing, right? Like I didn't need to keep reorganizing my bedroom. I could, I could create in safe environments and beautifully designed environments for other people. And so I went to school to be an interior designer, but my way of viewing interior design was from a much more mental health perspective than most people viewed it because I knew it to be a direct impact on my mental health. Now we know scientifically that our homes have 
a direct impact on our mental health. Um, we know that in greater proportion, but I still don't know that the interior design, that that disseminates down to all interior designers really understanding necessarily that impact in the way that I do, because I hope to God they didn't all grow up in abusive environments. But it has allowed me to, to connect with my clients in really beautiful ways over the years in and I, and I started kind of working with them about six years ago in a way where I would say, hey, I, I really want to get to know the story you want your life to tell. I want to know who you want to be, the things you want to explore, you know, where you want to go from here. And this is not like a business plan for your life as much as it is, you know, in a world with no rules, where no rules apply to you and no one can tell you what to do. What do you want from your life? And then I want to extrapolate the feelings that that story invokes in you or evokes in you. And I want to try to create that in your physical environment and represent that for you in your physical environment. Mm -hmm. So it's a direct reflection of who you are and who you want to be. Um, and, and then I started realizing how powerful that was when my clients started being like, Hey, by the way, I tell everyone you're my interior designer and my life coach. And I was like, you do. That's so, <laughs> that's so interesting. And four years ago, almost, I guess, yeah, four, maybe a little bit more, four years ago, I started doing group coaching around what I now call life design. And I took all these concepts and the way that I worked with my clients and I just applied it to a group coaching setting. And after working with like a hundred people over two and a half years, I was like, wow, I think there's something way more powerful here than I ever really allowed myself to understand. Um, and I think I need to, I need to run with that. I need to let that take up more space in the world. And so that's when I started making that shift. And that was about a year and a half ago. I started making that shift into like, calling myself a life designer and I rebranded my business, um, and really took on, and it took on a much bigger directive where I still work as an interior designer, but life design is the overarching and interior design becomes mm. what happens at the end of that work. Right. It is so important for me. And I feel it for every single person to understand how our environment affects yeah. us and how we have to just make sure that, as you mentioned, like, we all need, we all have our own needs and our environment should reflect that. I have yeah. lived, I have moved in like 20, more than 27 apartments. I have yeah. lived in several countries and at some point for eight months, me, my husband and my, our two-year-old at the time lived in a van for eight months, traveled yeah. around the US. So that moving around gave me a really true deep understanding of what I need in my own home, in my, in my own apartment. And I just got my own house, not house, an apartment. But when I renovated it, I was like, I know what I want because I have moved and lived in so many different places. But if people are listening to us, and I don't think majority of the people have moved around as I have. Yeah. Majority of the people uh, have these dream houses and the dream bathrooms and dream bedrooms. Yeah. But maybe those dream bedrooms are not the bedrooms that they need. What right. are yeah. some questions that you ask your clients? How do you guide people to understand what they need in their environment to support their own unique needs? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back. I want to start by going back a little bit to something you said earlier. Um, you were saying how cleaning out your emails made a really big impact on your life. And also you were talking about like, you know, I... I, I talk about the fact that like every single person has to be represented in a house, right? And so all of how, how are these things connected? Number one, I think it's really important that we understand that it's the little things that we do that affect us every day. A, a beautiful life is built on the foundation of small actions, of, of establishing where something lives and always putting it back there 
as best as we possibly can, right? And seeing how the things around us, do we actually use that thing? Do we touch it? Do we need it? Does it bring us joy when we see it or does it stress us out because we haven't we haven't been able to figure out what to do with it, right? And figuring out a way to get support to deal with that thing, either remove it from our lives or give it a new home or whatever it is, is really important to us understanding our physical environment and how it affects us and how it affects the other people around us, right? Understanding how they feel about those things, understanding that we all need to be represented in, a, in an environment, how it all weaves together and how we all work together in community with one another. And so when I sit down to answer your question, when I sit down with clients, I love to walk through their home with them as it is. I ask them respectfully to not clean it, to not organize it before I come in. And that can stress people out, out a little bit, but I, I guarantee that I have seen a thousand times worse than they think their home is. Like they think I'm going to cringe at their dust bunnies, but I don't care about their dust bunnies. I actually do care. I want to see what they haven't touched. I want to see and understand what's been living there for way too long. What, what needs organization or a better place to live? I need to see what's dysfunctional so I can understand how we can make it functional and not just functional, but beautiful. And so for me, people's body, like we can lie with our, our mouths, but it's really hard to lie with our bodies right? And so typically, whether I'm working with somebody in person or I'm working with them somewhere in the world, I'm asking, like, can they walk me through their space? And typically, if I can, I want someone else to be filming them. If we're working like somewhere distant in the world, I want someone else to be present filming them. And I want to watch their body as they walk through space. And it sounds creepy, but <laughs> it's, it's a matter of I need to see how they're physically reacting to their own environment. How long are they showing me that room? How quickly are they ushering me out of it, right? Are they trying to kind of guide me like a sheepdog, like keep me from seeing certain things? I want to see that exact thing they don't want me to see, right? And it's not an invasion of privacy as much as it is. It's those things that are stressing them out and are not fulfilling their needs. And I want to be the one to help guide them and empower them in the process to find a better way. Um, and so really, it's a very intuitive process. I'm watching them you know, and, and I'm taking in their physical environment. If people are just now realizing that, oh my God, like I don't only have to work out and eat well, I have to take care of my environment because it is representation of who I am. Where can they start? Where, because it can be overwhelming, it the realizations be. we are having, oh, it's bedroom, it's the bathroom, it's also the garage and I have so many stuff in the garage. Is there yeah. any place to start? Like baby yeah. steps, give us baby steps. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's the key is to not, um, try to take it on all at one time. If you get into it and then you keep, you know, wanting to do more and wanting to do more, honor that, right? But sometimes it's it's really good to just get into a space and pick one thing, not even one section, not even one area, one thing mm. and say, I'm going to deal with my clothes today. Today, I'm just going to look at my clothes. I'm going to go through my closet and I'm going to run my hand across my clothes and any place that I hesitate, anything I haven't worn in two years or in two seasons, I'm going to give that thing away right? Or things that absolutely are probably never going to fit me again. I'm not going to tell myself that, okay, maybe it'll fit me again when I lose 20 pounds. No, you are enough just how you are right now. And the things in your life should reflect supporting you, not you supporting them. Right? So start there. Make sure that, that. Things, yeah. Yeah. Make sure the things in your life are supporting you. You are not here to expend your energy to support, to support things and keep things in your life that are just stressing you out and telling you you're not enough. You are enough. Make sure that your clothes are comfortable. They're not things that you hate and that you're tugging at. Like you think they're pretty, but only on the hanger. Give them a life to someone else and buy something that does fit you right. That does make you feel beautiful and sexy. Doesn't matter who you are, right? So take those things, give them away, give them another life or sell them, right? 
and and take that money and invest it in perhaps maybe the next thing you work on is like organization for your shoes or your books or you know a, a file system for your paperwork in your office finding ways to support yourself better so that your environment is set up to support you instead of the other way around just one thing at a time just baby 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 steps maybe even it's as baby as you know you're going to vacuum today and it's been stressing you out because you know you know you need to you know clean out underneath all the cushions and you want to wash the cushions on your couch or whatever it is. And you just haven't been taking time to do it. Maybe that's where you start just like washing the cushions on your couch and vacuuming it out and, and letting yourself know, like the details matter, the little things matter, that little stain on the sofa that I see every time that reminds me that I accidentally spilled a cup of coffee on it two months ago. It's important that I take care of it. And that I know that I, that one mistake isn't something I have to live with permanently. Right. If messy people are, are listening to us, and I'm not saying that I'm the most organized person, but we're all messy. Point, I'm proud of how organized I'm, but it's who I always was. Mm. So, but my my ex husband, when we were living together, he was one of the messiest people I have ever known, and it was hard for me to live with him, and it was hard for him to live with me. Imagine, like we have to also understand the people yes. who are not organized. It was really hard for him, and when I was getting rid of stuff, which and I don't even have the two season rule. I have like three months rule for, for mm -hmm. now. It's like, if I haven't worn it for three months, use it, it's going out. Mm -hmm. It was so easy for me to get rid of the stuff because of how many times I have moved in my childhood. For yeah. him, he would go through the garbage, take the stuff oh, out yeah. of the garbage. And he was like, why are you throwing this away? And he has never used those stuff. It was not even his, it was just household stuff. So when we encounter the people who are like, I really yeah. love this because of these reasons that we you will feel intuitively that they are never going to use those stuff. What do you tell those people? How do you guide them yeah. to understand themselves that they are not going yeah. to ever use those stuff? Yeah, that, it's definitely important that people who struggle with that, with holding on to things, even when they've never used them or they have no real purpose for them, that you understand that it's coming from a belief of lack that you mm. will, there isn't enough, there won't be enough, you're going to need it and you won't have the resources to get it that you are fundamentally, it comes back to, you are disconnected from the people around you, period. If you felt supported and healthy and whole, you wouldn't need to hold on to those things because you would know if you didn't have them, the people around you would probably have it or they'd be able to support you in getting it, right? And so the, the deeper problem is most likely that you need emotional support in your life. And that can't come from your wife or your best friend or whatever, that's more than they can handle. What I would encourage you to do is go to therapy please go to therapy, get some help to identify and understand where it is that you feel disconnected from your own self. Because until you get reconnected to your own self and you feel heard and you feel safe inside your own body, you will not be able to create happy, healthy, trustful, honest communication and connection with the people around you. It will continue to be disrupted by your need to hoard and control your environment, right? Control is a construct. It isn't real. We have no real control ever. And, and until we can sit at peace with that, and understand that we don't actually need control, we need connection, right? And those two things are worlds apart from one another. Until you can get comfortable with that and create trust with yourself and, and then learn how to build trust with the people around you, you're going to continue to hold on to things that do not serve you and continue trying to control things in your environment. Therapy is what I absolutely recommend. And so when I have clients who struggle with that, the first thing we do is get them a therapist. I have therapists that I work with, and then they also could find, if they want support in me helping them find one, or many will just go and find a therapist themselves and they'll be working with a therapist while they're working with me so that we can work in conjunction together and help give them the support that they need to be able to let go 
and to know that they're going to create beautiful connections with the people around them when they clean up what's here and they clean up what's here in their environment, right? What is the most important thing? Like, is in, maybe in your own life or in your client's life, like, what's the one thing that you always make sure your clients know or you always make sure to let your clients know? Is there anything, or maybe there are like few things, but the one thing that if I don't tell you all the other things, this is what you must know. Yeah, it all comes back to curiosity for me. Wrapped up in curiosity is vulnerability because we have to admit that we don't know, right? Mm. Right. We can't get curious about what's possible until we recognize that we don't know and we never will know everything there is to know. And that's the beautiful thing about life is the the ability and the desire empowering ourselves to constantly explore, to think of ourselves as explorers rather than no, like experts, right? Letting go of expert and hold and, and gathering curiosity and knowing that there's a world of possibilities we don't even know is possible because curiosity hasn't been allowed to be a part of our life. It has been programmed out of us through society's requirements of the box we fit ourselves into. And that box strangles us to death. And so curiosity is what opens that door and allows us to consider what might be possible. And curiosity also leads to deeper connections with the people around us because we gain an ability to listen. We gain an ability to understand we don't have to be the expert. We don't have to know all the things. We can listen and we can take in who somebody is and know that we don't actually have to have any expertise in that area. We can just let them teach us. Um, and, and at other moments, we're the one doing the teaching, right? So there's so much wrapped up in curiosity, but it leads to so much deeper connection to the world around us that we didn't even understand or know or were allowed to see as possible. So it always, always comes back to curiosity. But what excites you? What is the most exciting part maybe about your life, about your business? Like what is the thing that you look forward to when the, when you wake up or when this evening comes? Is there anything you really, really love doing and you are so excited yeah. to do? Yeah. I, I love when I get texts from my clients because most of them, we stay in contact, right? We might not talk all the time, but they'll stay in contact and I'll get a text from my client that'll say, hey, you know what? I asked him to move in with me. Or, you know what? I, 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 threw a, I threw a party this weekend and everybody loved the house. And, you know, and maybe that's the first time they threw a party ever or in years. And they had all these beautiful interactions with people inside their own home or like, exploring what's possible in a romantic relationship because they cleared out all the out of the clutter and they let go of what was no longer serving them. And now they've got this beautiful love relationship. And now they've asked that person to move in with them and they're exploring what's possible within their own lives. I love getting those text messages from my clients that are like, ex they're excited. And they're like, I want, I just want to tell you about this. And I'm like, ah, yay. I'm so excited that you did tell me about it. Right? Like, because this is what we're met. The whole reason why I do what I do is to empower people to live more joyful lives. So when they share their joy with me, that's my favorite thing. That's my, I mean, that's my absolute favorite thing. It is so beautiful to get those messages that you help people just you help them redesign not only their environment, but their whole lives. Whole life. Their Talk whole to life. me when you are, whole life, whole life. When you're saying that uh, in one of, uh, when I was like listening to your videos and what you were saying, you said like when we take ownership for designing our lives, we write our life's story. So talk to me when, what do you, we all have different understanding of different words. We have different perceptions. So when you are saying to just take ownership and design yeah. our lives and write our life story, what do you mean by that? Mm, I thought about, I was thinking about this and, and was thinking about what metaphor would really help people to understand this better, because I'm always like looking for better and newer metaphors, right? Because we learn through storytelling. And this morning I was thinking about the fact that it's like when we're born in this world, we are born and there is, if, if we're thinking about ourselves as a car on a highway, 
right? When we're born, it's like at first we're allowed to explore just a little bit. Any, we're allowed to be in any lane, we're, but, but life and society and our family, and they try to get us to pick one lane. One lane on that highway. One lane, we stay on that highway. No on-ramps, no off-ramps, no back roads. You know, it's we pick one lane and we stay there. And maybe we're allowed to change and pick one other lane or whatever, but we're meant to stay in one lane, whatever that is. But I want the whole damn highway. I want people to live their lives taking up the whole damn highway, knowing that they can they can choose a lane, change their mind, choose lanes again, take the on-ramps, take the off-ramps, drive the back roads, we are meant to be the author of our story. We are meant to break the damn rules because the rules have nothing to do with who we are. The rules are established to keep us within systems of oppression, to keep resources and wealth being hoarded by just a very specific group of people. And by us living our life, picking a lane, they get to know how to extract those resources from us very, very easily. When we live our life and we choose how much space we take up and we take up all the space we're meant to without taking it from someone else, we are, we are choosing to live our life in all the lanes, on ramps, off ramps, side roads, explore, right? We're meant to, we're meant to journey, right? It's not about a destination. It's not about a single lane. It's not about knowing anything. It's about just exploring and seeing what's possible. If people are as inspired by you as I am, where can people find you? And what are some services that you currently offer to people? Yeah, so I focus mostly on um, public speaking and on doing workshops. So if you have an opportunity and this message is connected with you and you own a business or, you know, you're part of a group of people who might be interested, you know, there's all the information about me is on my website, about my workshops, about me as a speaker, about me as a writer, all on my website. It's www.consonate.world and I'm sure it'll be tagged in the show notes. You can also email me at shana at consonate.world and Shana is the same as you see it here at the, uh, spelled with my name. Um, and so you can reach out to me directly. Uh, like I said, all of my contact information is on my website. You know, check out um, the workshops. Those are done digitally as well as in person. So wherever you are in the world, those can be accessible to you. Um, so yeah, absolutely. My website is the, is the best way. Before I ask you to leave me with a message, me and our listeners with a message, mm. is there anything you really wanted to cover during this conversation? Or maybe while we were talking, you got the idea and I just didn't get the chance to ask you the question. Just feel free mm -hmm. to share anything that you want, however long that you want. No, I, I'm, I really appreciated the flow of the conversation. I really appreciate your engagement and the way that, you know, this, this conversation so easily flowed. I think the one thing that I would just remind people is to trust your intuition. And I think a lot of times people aren't sure whether it's fear or it's intuition or it's any other emotion. And I always remind people that our body is our first source of intuition. Right. So pay attention to that. If you if you aren't sure whether or not you trust someone, your subconscious is what controls your body. It's two separate processing systems. Right. Your conscious and your subconscious mind. So if your body is moving you away from someone, pay attention to that. If you're moving your physical belongings away from someone, pay attention to that. You're subconsciously moving yourself and protecting yourself from someone. Vice versa. If you move closer towards someone, if you find yourself moving in physically towards someone and them doing the same, pay attention to that. You trust them. Right. And it doesn't mean that we don't then process with our conscious mind, but our intuition starts in our body and we should definitely trust that. We don't need any proof. Okay. I have a question for you because you said if I, and I have a reverse scenario for me, mm -hmm. I feel with certain people, my, what my body is saying now that I'm thinking is like, I trust them, but logically when I'm thinking about them, I just, I just don't trust them in my thoughts. 
But as right. you are saying, with my body, I feel really connected to them and I feel really safe with them. What can we do in those moments when we realize, okay, my body is trusting these people. Am I just overthinking everything? Maybe, or is maybe, it that yeah. there is some split? Yeah, there's sometimes there's a split. Maybe, maybe not. The thing that I've come to understand is um, mm. there's things that we label in society as reactions to something as positive and they're not, right? So like when people say to me, um, I have butterflies whenever I meet this person. Actually, to me, that's not always a good thing, right? Like that nervousness when you're meeting someone, that's not always a good thing. Something about you, about them is putting you in dis-ease, right? Maybe, right? So I think there's there's a little bit of investigation that may need to happen for us to understand, am I being love-bombed by this person? And the butterflies are acknowledgement of that. And I haven't had somebody pay attention to me that way. And I've been ignored by my family. So this person is using that as manipulation and the butterflies are telling me something's weird here, right? Like something's off here, right? So I think it's important that we we lean into all that's happening within our body and also like the ways in which we've been programmed, right? So if we've been programmed that all attention from a, from, a, from the opposite sex is good attention, well, <laughs> that's not true, <laughs> right? Right? So we have to be careful to recognize yes. the ways in which we've been programmed to see certain behavior as positive when in fact it's not positive it's negative leave me and our listeners with a message it can be simply a word it can be two or three sentences whatever mm -hmm. it's just whatever you have in your soul and in your heart yeah. at this moment yeah you do not need anybody else's permission to live your life to design your life you do not need a single person's permission give yourself permission empower yourself you don't owe someone an explanation of your life you don't owe you don't owe people you don't owe people your joy right yes and 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 yes it gets a little bit more complicated when we're already in a relationship with someone communication is always there right we always need to be communicating but when it comes down to it so many times especially as women we're told we owe people an explanation of just about everything that we do um and men never need to provide explanations of what they do so like finding that balance in between where we just understand we get to live our life based on our own rules um and no one else's rules need apply you know, just, just understand mm. and understand that joy isn't selfish, right? It's not taking things away from other people. Mm. It's, it's really understanding that we are all truly connected to one another and living from a place of, of, of true, of intuition and connection. Mm. I love that. I would encourage people to, is I think everyone should do some form of therapy. It might be art yes. therapy, it might be yoga, whatever it is. I believe yeah. that we all need in our lives, people like you who can help organize our lives and i would encourage yeah. people to check you out even hire you as a coach because it is so exciting to live in a place environment that reflects who you are and who you want to be and who you want to show up who basically yeah. you have to show up for your own self and that's just exactly. how it works our environment matters as you said again we spend so much time at our houses at our homes i have a question would you also coach couples because they're it's not a one person that is living in the apartment. When yes. you are coaching them, would you coach them together? Because people might have these questions. It's like, yeah. it's not only me, it's me and my husband or me and my daughter. Would you coach them together? Yeah, and yes. But also, um, I really prefer to work in a group coaching session, like group coaching scenario. So actually, I would prefer mm. that the husband and wife are actually separate and in two separate group coaching or they're in a, in a setting where we have a, several other people. Because the way that I disseminate information, everybody in that group hears information differently, right? And so it helps us to view information from different perspectives. So it can get a little tense just coaching one or two people. It's much better um, 
to, to really be able to gain knowledge while in a group setting. And I'm launching a new set of group coaching in January, uh, the end of January. Um, and, and so that'll be available on the website soon. Um, and, and that's really the way that I love to work with people. Yes, I will work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but that's really short-term. It's the, it's the group coaching that I love to, mm -hmm. to really work with people. It's amazing because I'm pretty sure there are people who are, are going like, oh, isn't it like we have both have to do this in order to work. And I love yes. how you're saying it. people can get triggered when they are in the same group, especially family members, they trigger us. So I love how you don't get them in same groups. Amazing, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Shayna, thank you so much for being part of the show, for being the guest today in our show. I appreciate you so much. And I can, I can see that you are spending so much time thinking about the concepts and not only thinking about those, applying those, yeah. you are a learner. Like you are a curious person. You are almost feels like for me that you are always trying to improve and whatever yes. you know, to like learn more and then apply those new lessons. That's just how I saw you. And I love yeah. to learn from people like you because I gain so much insight and a unique insight. It's not just like everything that you read. It's what you thought about. And I yeah. appreciate you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you. I loved this conversation. And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to us and being here and being with us all this time. Have a phenomenal rest of the day, if it's day, wherever you are. At Shayna, it's like afternoon almost. Here it's evening, so people are listening to us at different times. So have a phenomenal rest of the day or night, wherever you are, and until next time.